welcome family, honeys, ohana, friends, and anyone else who has found themselves listening to this third episode of Podcast. Today's guest is a Ravenclaw, a plant queen, a life zhuzha, a natural born creative, a total nutcase, <laughs> and my favourite person in the whole world. It's my little sister. It's me. <laughs> Welcome, Moo. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I'd like to start by telling everyone three things that they may not know about you. Okay. So, number one, you always spot a trend before it happens. You'll like a colour, wear an item of clothing, or buy a piece of homeware, and then a few months later it'll be everywhere. So annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Stop copying me. Uh, Number two, you love to forage, whether it be for things to draw, ingredients for home recipes, or items to decorate your environment with. (laughs) And finally... You hold your cutlery in the opposite way to what is conventional. Oh, God. (laughs) And you deeply appreciate it when people lay your knife and fork out for you the way that you prefer. (laughs) I really wasn't expecting that last one. (laughs) Completely threw me off. Wow. I just wanted to put that out there so people, like, are aware and can put your cutlery the way that you want. Mm, So, fork in my right and mm-hmm. knife in my left yeah yeah got that <laughs> good take note <laughs> <laughs> so um when i set this podcast up i put a description um in the um spotify podcast description box and i realized that i haven't kept to it at all and it's supposed to be like chats and drinks with oh, right. friends so what are you drinking um, so I've, I've got, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's, 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 um, I think it's like the, it's called like the butterfly, but butterfly pea flower and it's bright blue. Um, and you put it in cold or hot water and it turns the whole drink a really deep blue and it tastes like green tea and it's meant to be really good for you. Um, and if you add lemon juice into it or like a citrus, it goes a purpley pink so it's a ma- I don't believe it's like you. a magic drink as well fucking science show me I'll show you alright so I've got my mug it's my David Trigley mug um, it so just says fuck off on it and it's facing me it's got it's got a, <laughs> a sketch of a man in a hot air balloon and he's waving to the people below and his balloon just says fuck off <laughs> Um, I'd like to just give a quick disclaimer though. Um, I am a massive potty mouth, so I don't think this will be a family friendly listening. So this might have to be a headphones one. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to improve, but when I get passionate or, um, angry or silly or just calm or just happy, happy, sad, uh, Yeah, normal. Any emotion. I <laughs> I like to use my favourite word, which is probably fuck. I actually just realised, like, just in those first five minutes, how much we've already sworn. And, like, <laughs> I think you bring it out of me as well. Oh, no. Um, but it's fine. It's because we're so comfortable with each other. 
Oh my god, it's going purple. I've just put the lemon juice into my tea. What the fuck? I need one of those clear mugs that you can... Yeah, you do. How cool is that, though? That's so cool. I feel like a witch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, I can't believe those are, like, natural colours that you've made from nature. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the cool thing about it. That's why um I really love um looking into people using naturally foraged items for dyeing and mm. um, whether that's fabric or um, in food and, or paints, making inks and stuff like yeah. that from natural stuff. Like you'll, you'll get um, uh, a certain item which is pink or something and then you'll just mix it with one other item or you'll let it um, react with a certain something and mm. it will it will go the complete opposite color that you think it will and it's all natural and it's so fucking cool it's amazing it's like yeah i like that kind of witchcrafty stuff science beach yeah <laughs> what are you drinking though oh well what am i drinking is the question um i'm drinking a delightful drink listen oh Opulence. Opulence. <laughs> it's um pink elderflower. It is. Um with is it just soda water or is it lemonade? It's just soda water. Soda water and a little sprig of mint mm, that I spanked before I put in. Did you actually? You oh yeah. S- you spanked it. You've, you've got to do that with um with mint before you put it into a drink um or anything because it releases the flavour and it's naughty and it's a naughty sprig of mint. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not a sprig of mint. I made that pink elderflower um, this week. There you go. Yeah. That's what I mean. Forager. Mm. I'm out of... We're, we're all out of our elderflowers, so we'll take a bottle to go, if that's all right. What? I gave you a bottle the other day. Yeah, I gave it back to you empty, just now. I thought that was the first one no, I gave you. That's the that's the brown bottle. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, are you washing in it or something? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. It's absolutely delicious. Mm. So, mm. we're going to kick off things with your 60 second life story. Oh. And um, I'm going to get a timer up. Are you ready? I think so. On your marks. Mm-hmm. Get set. Go. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Imogen Kasky. I am 27 years old. I was born in Bristol. I went to school and then I met my friends for life, which are known as the Honeys, who we need to explain who they are because not everyone knows who the Honeys are. Very true. Um, I chose not to go to university to the shock horror of my parents, but I went to (laughs) art school instead. Um, I then went into full-time work um, and have been in customer service for um, about 10 years now, so started off in clothes shops and then went into a kind of receptionist role at the Lido which I was in for five years then I quit it on the cusp of the pandemic to become an artist good timing Amy (laughs) um yeah I've lived in seven Bristol properties and um and kind of clawing at the walls to get out somewhere soon Mm. you have five seconds left and I've got a really great sister who I love good use of your last five seconds you're the first person to get it in 60 seconds i mean there's not much for me to say everyone everyone that you've interviewed so far though like jorge's got an amazing like just background of where he's come from so that he can talk about and interest people at length and then dad's got been all over the shop and 
has lived in several places and has this whole life story because he's old. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty basic. Basic beach. Basic no, absolutely beach. not. I think that, that was really, really brilliant. Um, Do I get any points for getting it in the timer? Yeah. Or a treat? You get a treat. Chocolate. Chocolate. I bought you some chocolate. Thank Hear you. that? That was the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a multi-sensory experience, this podcast. <laughs> so, my next question is how do we know each other? Mm. <laughs> when did we first meet? When I was covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> I probably looked like a weird mangled birthed alien <laughs> to you. Still do. Um, I was born at home. Um, I was fully planned to be born in the hospital and mm. have a standard birth but um dad was watching the sport downstairs and mum was busy <laughs> crowning on the toilet upstairs <laughs> and he's like wait till half time oh, wait let's wait till half time and she was just like no ian babe i'm actually like in the, the head is out i'm basically like having a child right now and he was like oh shit so he ran upstairs and had to rip the cupboard doors off to find every towel and um waterproof sheet he could find to put on their bed um so i could be born there and um there was a dramatic run up the road because we live in a we grew up in a cul-de-sac mm. which is french for bottom of the bag did you know what yeah culture um <laughs> and we had a midwife who lived at the top of the road and she wasn't in but as he was running back to our home she was driving up the road so he had a did a like a stop in the name of love <laughs> with his arms out in the middle of the road and she was like let me just go home first to get my bag and then i'll be there okay calm down i haven't even got my coat off yet <laughs> <laughs> I really need a wee. <laughs> um, yeah, so a bit of a dramatic birth at home. Yeah. Um, but I think luckily mum and dad were getting rid of that bed the next day or something. Like that, so it was, it was good, good timing. Good timing. I was yeah. downstairs in the lounge and you could hear it everything. I think I was with grandma. You were, yeah. And I said to her, what's mum doing? Because yeah. I could hear it all going on. And she said, oh, she's just singing. <laughs> and apparently I bought it. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Gullible. <laughs> Gullible little girl. <laughs> so I think I met you that same day. I think I met you the day you were born. Of course. Of course. Yeah, you were brought upstairs and we've got a, a famous photo. Yeah. Of us meeting. Of me seeing you for the first time. Yeah. That's just the best photo ever. <laughs> this next part is your quick fire question round well this is the thing i'm really bad at talking at length and speaking eloquently and i've got a really bad memory so i'm perfect for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll, quick fire is perfect we'll see how this whole thing goes <laughs> quick fire question number one your top three desert island discs mm. <laughs> I've got such an eclectic music taste that I can't do this easily at all mm. um, I've been through so many phases um, through growing up um, 
from us dancing in the garden to listening to Naughty's pop and um, doing dance routines to S Club 7 and um, <laughs> uh, putting on Barbie concerts um, yes. to Hearsay. Hearsay. Yeah, where they'd fly around the audience. Oh my God. We mm. put on a fucking show. Oh yeah. Oh wow. If we could have a fog machine, we would have... <sighs> Can you imagine? Nailed it. Um, I went through a proper um, scene kid phase. I refuse to say it's emo because I just, I prefer the word scene. It's just a little bit more classy. Um, So I actually went through a phase of listening to some like screamo and some proper hard rock where all of the voices are really American and whiny and talking about, like, just really bleak stuff. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> you and Jorge have this in common. Mm. You both have this, like, love We of... do. This has bonded us, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so does that mean that your first album is one of those? No! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I want to um, keep in the past and I'll, I'll listen to it now and then if I'm in the mood. Um, but no one else around me will want to listen to it, so it has to be on a bit of a solo listen. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew up with such great music as well. Yeah. From mum and dad's music taste, we got to be introduced to a lot of just the classics and the legends and just like proper music how it should be yeah I think we were really spoiled with that and I'm so thankful that we got that in our upbringing super lucky our house was just always filled with music and it still is Mm. every time um we go over to um our parents house which we called we we call Alpen that's the name of the house so if you hear us saying Alpen at any point Mm. that is what it is it's mum and dad's house um but yeah every time you go over there's always music playing Mm. yeah 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 and um every time we were, we did long car journeys or went on holidays and stuff we just um mm. listened to an album from start to finish or just so that was in, before the time of spotify or mp3 so we yeah just true. cds and stuff um yeah so i i think for that reason i'd have to put a beatles on there yeah it just has to be done yeah it's like treason not to but the question is which one yeah is just the challenge and this is the thing i think our whoever you interview from um our generation is going to struggle with this question because we don't listen to albums from start to finish anymore that's so true it's all um tracks from here and there and it's we all compile playlists i've got about 20 plus playlists on my spotify rather than I don't listen to albums from start to finish apart from Hamilton. Mm, interesting. <laughs> and Spotify actually told me that my most listening listened to artist from the past, I think it was five years that they did, was Hamilton. Really? Yeah. I <laughs> Which think is mad. But That I, makes so much sense. I think it's because I've listened to it on so many car journeys or it's, it's just perfect. So you don't have to worry about the next track or anything. It's just going to... Yeah. And it's like, it's like a story as well. It's like listening to... Um, a podcast or something. Yeah, so true. A podcast. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <ew. laughs> um. Well, how many were there? Three. Three. Uh, so you've got a Beatles one on there, but you're not sure which. I don't know. I think Sergeant Pepper's is just a 
awesome. Mm. It's a banger. It's just awesome. And it's just um, was it wasn't it voted Rolling Stones um best album of all time? Really? Mm. See, I was toying with a Fleetwood Mac being on there as well. Oh, so yeah. Either Tango in the Night or Rumours. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a gorgeous, gorgeous songs. That's a great choice. Mm. Um, I have no idea what my last one would be. Mm-hmm. I'm think I'm for my mood over the past few days. I was thinking Lizzo, mm-hmm. the her "Cause I Love You" album, just because. If you were on a desert island and you needed to make some, you had to get some motivation to make some shelter <laughs> or get that fire going, <laughs> just put her on. She'll make you feel like a badass bitch. And that, it's like, there's no problem. You're going to get saved. It's fine. Just enjoy it. But then like, just, just, yeah. I think that's a great choice. That's like a really good combo as well of like sort of chill, chilled listening <laughs> songs to sing to and then motivational songs mm. but uh, yeah I, I think this is a really difficult question because as you just said music changes with your mood and you have certain albums that you are in love with at certain points in your life so it's just mm. going to change constantly mm. but I think that's a really good choice what are your three favourite films mm. <laughs> <laughs> every, oh, every answer mm. again I've got <laughs> such um, with just mixed tastes like I, I I love Star Wars I love all of Studio Ghibli I love Disney I love Leon I love um, I love period films like I've got a weird love for like Pride and Prejudice and like all of that stuff I just just love it yeah <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to uh, jump on the bandwagon and go for Back to the Future hell yeah yes it's a perfect film. It's so good. Mm. He's cute. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's nostalgic. It's got that retro feel. Great music. It's clever. It's got the plot twists. Like the acting's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Good shit. Um I also put which I actually think is quite a solid answer for me, is Matilda. Yeah, I love that answer. I love it. And it's not because I used to look like her. It's... You were the spitting image of Matilda <laughs> when you were a kid. It's really freaky. I just I just love the cinematography in it. Like I just the each still is just so nice and it's so much fun and it's heartwarming and it's great. Mm. I love that film. Mm. Every time you make pancakes, yeah, you have to put mm. on the. Um, <laughs> I have to get the yeah. music in your head. Have to get the music on. Um. Right. Thirdly, just as a random one, I threw in there. I thought I put um, Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, in there. Really? Yeah. That's a shock. Yeah. Why Return of the King? It's epic as fuck. Yeah. The music. Uh, it's, it's the same thing. Music, acting, um, the humour as well. It's just... The, and, like, the... I think it's just such a good um, depiction of the book. Like, mm. th- that series could have been absolutely, like, murdered by yeah. the film industry. But they did so well with it. And I, I just think it's... 
I was watching a scene from it this morning while I was thinking about my answers, and it was just when like the riders of Rohan come and this like sick. It's like yeah. his pre um war speech and it's just like the bit as well later on in the battle when he's just like, No man could kill me and she's yes. like I am no man and it's like <laughs> Yes girl <laughs> So good. That's such a good answer. Yeah, it's got so many good vibes in it. There's so many bits where you just wanna um just throw your fist in the air watching the TV. Like, yeah! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that it's Peter Jackson who directed them, right? You can tell yeah. that he was a super fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Based on how he made those films. And you can kind of tell they were in good hands. You didn't put any Disney in there. I know, I tried to avoid it. Is that just because it opens up a whole other can of worms? Yeah, and also I don't want to... I feel like we're branded with that a lot because I think both me and you love Disney. Mm. But I don't want it to just... What's the word? Define you. Define us. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's a big part of our lives. Like we, It's not just like... The nostalgic part, though, they're not just kids' films to us. Like, it's, it's the beautiful messages in them and the music and just some of the magic in it is just... Yeah. It's, even to this day, we, we hold them so... So close. Close and deeply. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it, you can't pick, especially from the golden era of Disney, so... Um, even just having the question as your three favourite Disney films would be fucking hard enough. Can't do that. Yeah. Pocahontas, Tarzan, um, what's it? Hercules. Hercules. Mulan. Uh, Mulan. Hunter Notre Dame. Lion King. Tangled. Aladdin. <sighs> I can't. I want to watch some Disney. Yeah. What's your party trick? <laughs> party trick. I've got quite a long tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I can do most things of it not in a let's not n- let, let's get let's rinse your dirty minds out <laughs> I wish I could do that flower thing where you can kind of curve it yeah. around the bottom of your mouth that's the one thing I can't do I can fold it I can tube it I can touch my nose I can make it drop down past my chin <laughs> And, and our chins are pretty huge. We've so got big, big chins. Casky chins. Um, yeah, so my tongue. Yeah, good answer. Um, put my leg behind my head and yeah. get my ass out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not not a trick, but you know. Um, it's not really a if skill. It's, it's not a party if that doesn't happen. <laughs> you have to moon at every party. And you have to find any form of pole to dance around. <laughs> oh my god. What do I sound like? It's like I can do anything with my tongue from my head, like behind my head, like, like a pole. Get my ass out. It's like, <laughs> who is she? Hi, Grandma. Hi, no. <laughs> episode is <laughs> oh no no grandma's loud sorry everyone <laughs> when did you last cry um a couple of days ago mm. um i can be in quite a cryy mood all the time 
not as bad as Lily. Lily is Lily gets set off really easily. I'm sure she'll tell you when she's interviewed. Who for, for but, people um, who don't know who's Lily? Lily is my best friend. Um, mm. She is one of the honeys. I met her in sick form, and we just fell in love with each other. And yeah, she's my sister from another mister. The rest is history. Yeah, Lily London Jewelry. I love you. <laughs> um, crying, crying. It's actually gonna bring the tone down a little bit because it was um, it was actually because I was missing my family and I was missing being able to hug them. Because um, it's been quite a few months now that we haven't been able to do that. I can't. Yeah, we haven't. The yeah, we haven't hugged in. Mm. I'm sure, like, everyone is in the same boat, right? That they mm. haven't been able to hug the people that they love in, yeah. like, three months. I love to hug. Mm. I absolutely love hugging and cuddling and just, like, being in contact with the people I love. Like, I find it so important. Mm. Um, if you start a greeting off by giving me a massive squeeze, like, my my head instantly lifts and it's just this... I feel like this instant acceptance and just love. Like Aww. it's just, I think hugging is so great. Yeah. It releases such good hormones and just like endorphins and just, um, that's why I, I love to squeeze people. Like some people absolutely hate it because I kind of crush their ribs a little bit. <laughs> but it's just, half ass hugs are just so annoying. You know, when just, someone just kind of like, they barely touch you and they just like, it's just pathetic. I want a hug. <laughs> I want a bear hug. Like, I want mm. someone, like, to hug me and mean it. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know. I was just... The other night, I was just really missing that, especially from my family. Like, just hugging mum and dad and you. Like, we hug a lot. Yeah. We've broken dad a little down with that. Yeah. Recently, like, a lot. Dad's an years. excellent hugger. But he gives great hugs. Yeah. When you get both arms, you know he means it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And mum's hugs are just like, if mum gives you a hug, you just immediately feel just like all the worries just drift away mm. and everything is good in that hug. Yeah. It's just, yeah. When we can hug again, we just need to dedicate an entire day just to hugging yeah. <laughs> each other. <laughs> it makes me want to cry, like, thinking about it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <sighs> What's your favourite place in the whole world? Mm. I was trying to think of a particular place and I don't think I've got one. Mm. I think it would be a perfect uh, a, a perfect situation mm. rather than a place. Like my my favorite place like non-geographically would probably like it's very similar to dad in a way just anywhere that with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um I do love that moment when I'm um, in bed with Digby in the mornings, and it we haven't we don't have to get up for anything, and um, our bodies are entwined in that way where it should be really uncomfortable because you're in a like a really weird mangled <laughs> position, but it's just so comfortable and it's peaceful and it's just the most blissful thing. Yeah, I love that. Um. Or I, I, I really like um, places I've been, like Cole, 
um, with, where Lily's family have a, um, a little house up on the highlands, um, or Anna's family house in Gower, mm. or Kim's holiday house in France, um, or any time us as a friendship, as a friend group, have been to like a villa or something, and it's just like a big house that everyone's made their own home at the same time, and it's, um, it's so comfortable, and it's just, I I can't describe That's it. Lush. All of the places you've said are all about the people you're with. Mm, it's I, not about the actual place itself. People make the place. I think that's so true. It's mm. for like where you live, where you work, um, where you stay. The people you're with is a make or break thing. So true. Mm. So true. Where in the world would you most like to visit next? <sighs> See, easy, easy answer would just be friends and family's homes. Mm. I'd love to see grandma. I'd love to go up and see her. I really want to meet Heidi, who's Joe's new baby. Yeah, haven't, I haven't, I haven't met her yet. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I think it would be easy to say all that. I think to make it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 Right now, as as the world stands, it's just the mm. automatic answer, isn't it? To go and wherever your friends and family are, that's where you want to go next. Mm. If you take aside the world as it is now, mm. in normal scenario, where would be your next like destination to explore? Japan. Mm. Why Japan? I there's just something about it that just draws me there. I want to explore it fully though. If I go, I want to do it properly. I want to um, experience like the rural part of it. So like the more traditional countryside part of it, which is, seems so meditative and peaceful. And um, I love order and I love um, things being neat and tidy as well. And I can just mm. imagine it's just like such a simple, beautiful way of living. Um, everything's so cleverly invented. Um, and But I'd, I'd love to just also go into the proper city and see all the mad stuff. Yeah. Like how technology is on acid and it's <laughs> like something out of Blade Runner. Um, I want to eat my way around there as well the street food and all the stalls and I I, I'm really partial to like soft food (laughs) because I'm a child no I just love things that you can just um, shovel in your mouth (laughs) no chewing is required (laughs) squish it on the roof of your mouth and swallow but everything soft that like their cheesecake what the hell is that have you seen it it's like <laughs> yeah it's like 70 percent air <laughs> oh my god yeah so i i'd love to do japan that's a great answer at some point what makes you angry other people <laughs> <laughs> um i'm very similar to dad with that i Partly went into customer service because it's a really easy option for people that 
um, are starting out in the job world, but also because I thought I was a people person. <laughs> You're laughing. It's because of the way you phrased it. <laughs> I thought I was a people person. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So my first job was on Park Street, which is the main, well, one of the main shopping uh, streets in Bristol, mm. in, the cen- in the center. Um, there's a little independent shop called BS Eight, even though it was in BS One. What the fuck? Have you noticed that? <laughs> it's like the wrong postcode. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of independent clothing and stuff and um you could listen to your own music and um it was great but it was just very boring so I also um I did that part-time and um to fill the other days in the week I started off at John Lewis this was the this was the one that killed it (laughs) (laughs) this was the start of my journey of hatred um so I was in the um, I actually first Christ- did a f- Christmas temping in the menswear um, toy and toys department, um, which was right next to the Christmas um, decoration section. I totally forgotten that, that that's how you started. Yeah, there. yeah. So I had all the customers. It was barely any uh, menswear sales, but it was mainly um, people buying toys for their kids or me packaging Christmas decorations and people around Christmas are not jolly. It's oh no. Not very Christmassy. <laughs> That's not very Christmassy. <laughs> um anyway, I then later on um became a um I did like a year um stint um in a different department um in the decorative sales and uh gift food and the but there was also that was where all the plates and cutlery and tableware and stuff are um so I I um did a lot of giftless couples so I laid out nice uh tableware setups for people asking for other people to buy shit for them for their wedding (laughs) (laughs) um had to upsell napkin rings which was fun um (laughs) but I I just felt like people were just out to get me there I don't know what it was like people would ask I'd be carrying like a whole box of slate for there was a slateware and um, someone would say oh where where's the um kitchen knives and so like trying to hold everything in my arms I was just like with my my hand just saying like oh it is over in the kitchenware department do you want me to show you over there and they'd be like they'd look me up and down and just be like no and then a minute later, shit you not, my manager comes up to me and says, like, Imogen, you've been really rude to a customer. I'm like, have I? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, they, and uh, apparently I flailed my arm in their face and refused oh, to show you. them where it was. Uh, it was just like little petty things like that. I, I ended up going to like a weird hearing thing. It felt like I was in court. I had to sit in a room and someone had to take minutes for everything I said because I had had too many complaints about me. But it was... I just felt like I was in this weird, surreal universe. Yeah. Where, like, you you have to be a robot or... Just John Lewis is your life. Yeah. To survive there. So I... It props to anyone who can do that at length. Um, 
yeah it definitely takes a certain kind of person to be able to put up with that mm. day in day out yeah um then moving on to the leader I was there for five years I moved up the I started off as a receptionist and ended up as um the spa manager so I uh, climbed the ladder a little bit there mm. um I had a lot of just people throwing stuff at me shouting at me complaining um just it's it's in the area of Bristol which is Clifton which I'm I try not to blame but it, it doesn't help itself um it's a lot of very entitled um old-fashioned people you you don't know what's going on in people's lives like that that might be the last straw to them like they might be like that might just make them lose their shit but yeah you're right who knows but it it works vice versa you don't you don't know what's going on in the um the person who's serving you you don't know what's how their day's going they might actually be trying to hold sick down like they might be having a really horrible period they might be they might have just found out a family member has died and they can't go see them it's there could be anything going on i think we just need to respect each other so much more than we do and forget that there's a desk or a counter in between you and where we are humans we are all the same do you think it's given you a deeper respect for when you are um the customer and the way that you definitely see people in in service definitely and i think one of the things it's mainly made me do is step into situations i feel are unfair so if i i put myself in the server's shoes if they have a really difficult customer and you can feel that air in the room that everyone is feeling uneasy about the situation that's exploding in front of them and no one says anything it's using your voice to step in and support whoever is in need um because there's so many situations i was in where i was just begging for someone to do that for me um and it's so easy Mm-hmm. it's so easy yeah it's confrontation which is un- uncomfortable and not everyone likes that but um it means the absolute world to the other person you putting yourself out of your comfort zone for that situation yeah so i would encourage everyone if you feel safe to do so um and there's no immediate threat or anything use your voice and step up and um help others stand up for bad behavior mm-hmm. it doesn't stop past childhood like it's adults are naughty <laughs> i love that i think that's awesome what are you reading right now so this might sound like i'm i'm a avid reader because i've got quite a few <laughs> on the oh, go cool. but that's because i find it difficult to hold a singular book down unless it's like really enthralls me mm-hmm. um so at the moment i am reading the secret of the commonwealth by philip pullman which is the second in the yes. book of dust series um i'm a little bit into that that's great um i'm also reading the hidden life of trees oh yeah um which is um, it's more of a kind of factual book. It's um, reflective of the study that uh, trees and woodlands um, have a social network within themselves and that trees have children and they have like their ancestors and they all talk to each other. And um, 
I find that great. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, if, if you go into a woodland or see a really old tree, like, it just gives off this energy that it, they've something is happening there. Got They've got that history and it's just... I'm a tree hugger. Yeah, you'd love it. You'd love to know the ones that are hundreds of years old. You'd love to know what they'd seen and mm. how their environment has what, changed what and whispers or conversations they've overheard or things that we don't learn in history. Absolutely. Mm. Which Disney character are you most like and why? Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was gonna say Donald Duck, and oh, I, I know. No I know. I know you mentioned this with dad because he's so silly. Like, he's really sassy and just, like, a little bit snappy and just says it how it is. <laughs> and plus, he's half-clothed, as you've mentioned. Like, I I don't really like wearing clothes, if I'm honest. <laughs> I wear clothes because society tells me to. Um, and it's really cold in England. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Or, um, or Rapunzel. You are Rapunzel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know, she, she likes crafting and painting and um, she loves animals and um, she's, she's joy. appreciative of nature and all of that stuff. And um, I just, she's a bit kooky, she's a bit weird, isn't she? And you have the same face. She's the only blonde, green-eyed princess. <gasps> me it's me <laughs> um she's probably a lot more patient with people that are, that are than I am <laughs> so yeah Rapunzel with a sprinkle of Donald love that that's an image <laughs> what's your favorite thing about yourself so hmm <laughs> um Probably my creativity. And I'm being brave in saying that because I feel like I've I've had to gain a lot of confidence to realise that in myself and be confident enough to compliment that part of me. Um, I just feel like I see the world through these glasses which kind of doesn't help me in a lot of ways but is just also just great how like I just I can I just remember looking out of the window when we were doing car journeys when we were little and seeing shapes and colours in like the sky or the landscapes and just feeling like I was on some sort of trip um and I can just see shapes and patterns and layers and texture and hues and stuff in everything I look at you definitely see the world through different eyes mm. like when when we I've noticed this all the time when you describe something or talk about a trip that you've been on or even just like talking about oh I saw this thing and it was like this and you talk about it very um in a very sensory way yeah you you talk about it in a way that is very unique to you mm. and it's a very creative way of seeing the world mm. okay 
So this next part of the podcast is questions from friends and family, of which we've got a lot to talk about. Okay. Um, some of them are quite quick fire. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are brilliant questions mm-hmm. um, but everyone's been very nice oh god I, <laughs> I was expecting to be inundated with just stupid stuff <laughs> just people trying to trip me up and just draw out all the embarrassing things so thank you for being kind <laughs> <laughs> so the first um few questions i'm going to give you are quite quick fire okay so the first one is from mum Hello, mum. My mummy. 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 And she wants to know, what is your favourite flower, bird and animal? Oh my God, no. The pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I really like peonies. Mm. Um, I really like dahlias as well. I think both have the kind of explosive plumage <laughs> in common. Like, they look like they're bursting full of petals and it's just got these ripples or, like, dahlias can be really, like, geometric yeah. and also almost look really man-made. Yeah. Um, they're crazy. But the both, both of those come in a lot of different colours and I think they're just very pretty. Ooh. Very expressionate. Um, what's the next one? Bird. Yeah. I'm only just discovering how many birds there are out there. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid, but like I think it's through my art though. I'm yeah. Um, I'm getting into drawing birds, and I want to explore a lot more of them. Yeah. Um, it depends if it's for looks or personality. What? Give us both of those answers. Okay, well, ev- gotta go with the robin for personality. Like, everyone loves a robin. They are so lovely. They, like, they are truly the gardener's friend. <laughs> <laughs> just every time you're out in the garden, they just, they just come along and perch on something and just, like, are like they're like, tweet, tweet. Yes, good job. <laughs> and you're like, thank you, Mr. Robin. And they, they just make you smile and give you that little boost. Um. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. disclaimer I was going to mention that I'm really sorry if it falls into the hysteria that me and Holly have sometimes where we just end up going into this cycle of noises and and private jokes and just quoting things that we've shared in our life um so sorry about that um this is probably going to be your least professional podcast out of everyone you do (laughs) so true sorry sorry about it um What's your favourite um, looking bird? Okay. Um, well, I recently painted a starling, and I think they, I really love their um, 
their feathers are, have a kind of like oily look to them so they have that kind of um iridescent mm. purpley green um black color shiftingness nice. to them really bad with words sorry no that was a lot of good words um Favorite yeah, animal. I really like painting that. Favourite animal, um, off the top of my head, would be an otter. Oh, such a good choice. So cute and cuddly. <laughs> um, I like how they they play and they look really elegant in the water and um, they, they hold hands when they're floating in the water so they don't drift apart from each other. Uh, oh. Oh. So fucking cute. <laughs> They're just great. They are so great. There are so many great creatures though, and all things bright and beautiful, <laughs> creatures great and small. <sighs> Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> because I'm saying all creatures and. <laughs> has sent in the next question. Babe. Hello, Catherine. What a babe. We all know you have a wonderful and enviable plant collection. Oh. What was the first plant that started it all? Oh, my God. Yeah. Good question. The plant that started all... <laughs> I don't remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> Was it the spider plant from Barb? You know, that might be it. <laughs> so we have a, um, our auntie Barb has um, had a spider plant that had lots of babies and she gave us each a spider plant baby. Mm. So the main mother plant kind of shoots off these little air roots that grow new babies mm. at the end of them and you can snip them off and pump, like plonk them in some water and they grow their own roots and then you eventually put them in soil mm. um they are great for gifting so good for gifting so good um i think you're right i think i had a couple of those on my windowsill when i lived on hampton road mm. um and then i went off to the garden center and bought a monstera which is the cheese plant and which is humongous um, which now. Which is huge. And I didn't put a, um, a support in it. So it's just got this really weird, wild shape to it. It's just a bit difficult, but personality. Yeah. Yeah. Leading on from that, Digby. Hello, Digby. The love of my life. Yeah. He's going to love that. <laughs> what is your favourite plant? Oh no! Um, I really like the tropical plants, so like the monstera or just um any um uh philodendron or um uh I love my big elephant ear plant. Mm. they're kind of like more prehistoric looking yeah they look like dinosaur plants they're really they make me salivate yeah you don't you know? go for a lot of the sort of the frilly 
kind of um, more delicate plants. Fuck like that. ones with like. <laughs> I don't like cacti or I, I I'm not I haven't got onto this whole succulent thing either. No, I think you like big leaves. They're boring, and I I like seeing the growth as well. I like um seeing the result from your nurturing. Mm. You know, super rewarding. Grow with the plant. She just curled her lip up at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question is from Dad, Dad, Daddy O. Daddy, Daddy cool. <laughs> hey, Daddy. Um, describe your perfect meal. Soft stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Marshmallows. Um, a vegan style all you can eat buffet. <laughs> chance of meatballs <laughs> yeah it was it's, um, it's me the mayor <laughs> <laughs> um oh goodness gracious great balls of fire i don't know i love food so much <laughs> i love it's a good thing you're dating a chef oh uh, it's the only reason <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Um, it's the main reason. I just, I, I, there's a another podcast I listen to that um, it's James Acaster and someone else um hosts it. It's really funny. They interview different celebrities about what their um death row meal would be. Ah. Um. And every single episode, I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I'd have to really think about that. I'm sorry, I can't really give a solid answer right now. Do you have a favourite um, cuisine? Mm, mummies. Mummies cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dig, dig binnies. <laughs> um, no, probably pr- um, good French food or... Um, Asian food. Mm-hmm. Asian food. I think they're um, very... The thing is, British and French food is really good, solid ingredients. Like, you've got really amazing produce. And, like, the meat and the um, veg is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it really flavoursome. And everything's, like, coated in butter, which I absolutely love. I love mm-hmm. butter and... Um, Good use of flavour crystals, also known as salt. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Japanese and um, even like Indian as well. It's like it's just so much more exploratory with flavours and uh, spices and all these weird ingredients that you wouldn't think would ever work. But um, I guess you must have felt that when you went to Mexico as well, when you. Um, Ate all your insects and <laughs> yeah. things that have all their individual flavors. Yeah. Um, no, I think food is just wonderful. Food's great. It connects everyone, doesn't it? Hundred percent. The next question is also from Digby. The love of my life. Oh my god! It got worse. <laughs> if you were Voldemort. What would you use as your horcruxes? <laughs> such a good question. That's such a good question. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. This takes some thinking. <laughs> well, I wear about, uh, well, usually, I don't actually have them on me right now. I usually, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I, I usually wear eight rings on my fingers. Eight gold rings. Silver. She does not wear gold, she prefers <laughs> silver. <laughs> and a partridge and a partridge. <laughs> Losing it. Um, so, okay. <laughs> so it has to be in one of my rings. On my finger. Your butt. <laughs> no, that's why I said my finger. <laughs> I knew, I knew... You would go down the filth path. Um, uh, a ring, a... Um, maybe like a painting or a paintbrush or a certain colour block of watercolour. Oh, specific. Yeah. Well, it's nice. my soul I'm hiding. <laughs> Sorry. This is serious? <laughs> uh, um... I would put a part of me in the sycamore tree, which is in the sycamore gap. Um, it's amazing. It's up, oh God, where were we? It's up where I went fishing um, with Digby and his dad. He, we drove up to the fishing spot, but we took a detour because Digby wanted to show me the sycamore gap, which was on one of the episodes of um, uh, that program, which was like Britain's best trees, which I absolutely loved. Who presented um, that? Was that didn't someone? Are you thinking of Judy Dench? Yeah, is she, that different? No, that was just Judy Dench and her fucking trees. Oh okay. Yeah, um, it's it's got these two hills that almost meet in the middle, and then there's just a ancient sycamore tree in, wow. in the middle of them, and because of the placement of the surroundings like the wind and elements like hasn't destroyed it over time that's amazing so it's just like this awesome tree that's really cool so maybe there how many i've done three. Oh my god this can take ages i mean you could just have you don't have to have you could be my nagini <gasps> put one in you <laughs> put a part of you me and you <laughs> in your mole on your arm the one that looks like a little acorn yep or the one that jorge says looks like i'm giving everyone the finger no or the one that looks like the solo clips my solo clips total eclipse total eclipse half moon got a moon got a moon <laughs> total eclipse um <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to leave it at five yeah. This is a question I need to think about. Yeah. Would you put one at Alpen somewhere? Yeah, I was thinking that. Where though, Holly? Where? In the shed. No. In the washing machine. In the, in the garage. Behind the chair in the, <laughs> in the front room. <laughs> All the places that our Easter egg gets hidden <laughs> at the end of Dad's amazing egg hunts. <laughs> cool. This question is from Lil. 
My best friend. <laughs> <laughs> what are your happiest childhood memories pre meeting her? <laughs> Um, p- playing with Holly all the time. Just, I, I think it just when we just lost ourselves in a game of something and reality just slipped away from us and that's all that mattered and we were just completely consumed in this world we'd created. Whether we were just um, dressing up and uh, playing around the house or in the garden or whether that was like with Playmobil or, or Barbies or something all afternoon all day one of my favorite childhood memories with you is when we would have babysitters <laughs> do you want to tell the story about yeah so at home me and holly used to share a room because we we got on so well we didn't want separate rooms um so we had bunk beds uh, we'd have a babysitter come over um and uh, after mooning them a lot, <laughs> they'd um, send us to bed. <laughs> send us to bed. Um, we had one of those disco balls, um, like the the coloured light one, not a, yeah. a mirrored ball. Um, and we'd obviously have a little hi-fi system where we used to play our Shania Twain CDs. Um, <laughs> and um, we'd wait a little bit where they'd reach the bottom of the stairs and you could tell they'd just settled down and they'd just gone... <sighs> Finally. Yeah. Light on, music on, go, go, go! We'd, like, get <laughs> down from the, the bunk bed and be, be jumping around, like... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Start a little disco and then we'd, just type, we'd um, hear them coming up the stairs and we'd be like, light off, music off, get back into bed, <laughs> pretend to be asleep. <laughs> Oh, we were little shits. Little shits. Um, yeah. They must have loved us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't have? Mm. This is another question from Digby about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Why in every childhood photo of Immy is she naked? Not that much has changed. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love out of everything he could have asked, he came up with that. Um, I mean, I, it's what I said earlier. I think I was obviously at an age where it was passable that I just didn't need to wear clothes. And also, I think I was really mucky with my food. So, mum and yes, I haven't thought of this before, but mum and dad probably just gave up um, washing my clothes, just trying to feed you whilst just, you had clothes on. Yeah, there's also alongside all of these uh um photos of me naked um is food around my face so whereas it's like chocolate pudding everywhere or like um mashed potato whatever Mm. it is just everywhere so Mm. a bib probably just didn't even cut it so (laughs) it was like no we'll just stick her in the bath afterwards (laughs) um this is restricting. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I do love clothes. I like. I love the fashion world. I love the fashion industry. I love how um, uh, it can be an expression of someone's personality. 
Um, they're also very functional in some situations. <laughs> this is a question from Mum Mummyo. Mummy. Mother. When are you happiest? It's the people. It's people again. It's, if you think of every single situation that you enjoy, well, I'm talking about myself, if that I enjoy, it's, it, it's the people around me. Um, like partying with my friends and just being silly. Um, or um, long drives with Digby. Love that. Um or just hanging out with mum and dad and you in the garden. Mm. Um, I am a, a spring summer girl. I love the sunshine. It completely changes my mood and my outlook on life. I just think it's very uh, life affirming. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so in a solo way, is 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 painting. Painting is probably a, a happy place on my own. Um, just when I completely switch off and get really absorbed into it and um, uh, just lose it. Whaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaa
Mm. I didn't realise how similar we were. Um, with the whole him feeling like he's bluffed his way through life and that he always seeks approval, um, things like that. It, yeah, weird. Really interesting. Um, I, I love to, um, I love dressing up and I love, um, fancy dress and I love wearing, uh, slightly different stuff. Like, I could never dress plainly. Um, and yeah, I am an absolute mentalist sometimes. <laughs> like I can't sit properly on a chair. <laughs> um, I, I love being stupid. It's such a release. It's such a release from real life. I think I'm just constantly looking for, um, escapism and that reflects in so much stuff that I like and enjoy Mm. in life like it's whether it's um film books or tv or um styles of things um it's always just that little bit detached from reality and it's like just I don't know it's that kind of fantasy romantic element things and just that's a really interesting observation Mm. about yourself what what are you escaping from, do you think? Um, I mean, the world can be pretty grim, can't it? It's, um, I mean, people, people have probably said this in every single generation, but we're probably, at, like, the world is in such a horrible state. And there's a lot of things going on that, um, uh, you need, need to change and address and, um, we need to work um towards but it's also just for mental health reasons i think i i I need to get away from all of it Mm. um mental health is something that i feel very strongly about i've suffered with it myself Mm. a, a, a huge proportion of my life um escapism is very important to me i guess it's um yeah, it gets, it gets me away from myself and the world. I think it's a really great balance that you have of recognising the issues that are in the world and the problems that we mm-hmm. have in society and balancing that with this sort of need to escape from that and show the good and the joy and the happiness that life can bring mm. and bringing that to all the social situations that you're in. I feel like everyone needs an Emmy <laughs> to because you create such a good balance of that. You're not afraid of the difficult conversations, mm. but you're also not afraid to laugh in difficult situations. Mm. And I think that is a really beautiful thing about you. Thank you. I I I really appreciate and love the people that I can be like that around. I'm really thankful for my close friends and family um, who I can completely relax around and do that because I am a slow burner with a lot of other people. If I haven't spent a lot of time with people, I am quite reserved and Mm. really anxious to let that part of me out. Um, So it it does take time. So I'm like the people who stick stick about. I know they're good and I know, I know the. Well, you have to put up with me because you're family. 
mum asks, uh, she asks you to describe your dream home and or place to live. Oh my gosh. I would love a home which is, okay, another disclaimer. I will be grateful for having any roof over my head. But this is, I'm going to be talking about dream dream home. if money and uh, everything else isn't an issue. Yeah. Okay. I follow Savills on Instagram and it posts these insane houses. I've learnt that I really love William and Mary homes. So these are these beautiful Georgian... Um, almost symmetrical front houses they're quite big (laughs) (laughs) they've got these gorgeous entranceways i'd love to have roses growing over the front or wisteria everywhere um i want one of those houses that have um little nooks and crannies and like rooms are up weird levels and Mm. um those homes that as a kid, if you were playing hide and seek, it would be fucking great. Yes. Um, I'd love to live near enough a town or a city that I feel connected, um, but in the country enough so I don't become too soft. And But I have that lifestyle that I want. I want ducks and chickens running in and out the door. <laughs> I want um, several dogs. I want several. Um, I want stained glass in my the front of the doorway, so when the sun shines through it, throws color all the way through the all over the wooden floors, all of the all the wooden floors, parquet flooring. Um, <laughs> I want exposed brick. I want fireplaces in each room. I want. Um, I I mean I could go on. Yeah, you've yeah. got a real picture in your head, haven't you? Of your like, you're just for your dream yeah that's awesome Mm. one day one day hopefully um this leads into a question from jorge which is jorge Jorge! (laughs) (laughs) which is i think such a brilliant question but really hard oh no so no it's not like i have sort of struggled with all the others (laughs) no no no. this this leads on from mum's previous question okay you have one million pounds to design one room of your ideal house, but you don't have a say on the design of the rest of the house. Ah, uh, which room would you choose? No. <laughs> oh my god, a million. Yeah. It's got to be the kitchen. Oh. Does the garden count? That's a good question. Is yeah, that really... yeah. Let's say that, but then you can't design the rest of the house, so it would just be the garden. Oh no! <laughs> That's a great answer, though. Why? Why those two? Kitchens are the hearts of the home. It's where everyone gathers. It's where everyone chats. It's where everyone um, goes gets drinks. It's where all the food and the sustenance and all the nice family times happen. It's where all the dancing happens. It's where all the nice stuff happens. It's good. It's got to be. It's got to flow nicely. It's got a. Uh, I'd like it to be open enough so that people can sit somewhere and um, 
talk to others while they're cooking. It's like a social space. Mm. Um, with really good lighting for the evening bit. I mean, I, I, I'd slightly cheat here and have a kind of kitchen diner. That counts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a million pounds, it's got to be pretty big, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, nice um, hygge lighting. Um, and awesome appliances. Like an Arga. Gadgets. Arga and several ovens and um, <laughs> like a, ooh, maybe a self-sustaining, like, high hydraulic system like herb garden just on the wall oh hell yeah do you know what I mean love that idea um be, uh, just it has to be light and airy as well like huge windows that look out onto the surroundings mm. onto the grounds <laughs> <laughs> you have grounds I have grounds <laughs> see all the little ducks and chickens from the window <laughs> they can have a little run into the garden they could just have a little like r- like ramp that goes up into like, a hole <laughs> The cut that leads into a little paddling pool. Or they could be like, um, you know, you sometimes get like a little, in toy shops and stuff, you have the little train track that goes around the top of the, of the room. Yes. You could just have like a little like duck run. Duck roller coaster. (laughs) Just have like (laughs) running around your head like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the dream. That's what you would spend your million. But also, on. it's just that I, I I can't leave out the garden though because I would I want I want so badly like a magic enchanting garden, which again you can get lost in and it's got turns and twists and it's got little pockets in it, um, which reveal a new thing like um, whether it's somewhere to sit or um, somewhere to do an activity and it's just got levels of plants and flowers that are just um like almost cottagey but like it's like i know i want the secret garden yeah yeah the dream Mm. another question from dad what would you like your life to look like in five years time five years Mm. so i'm 32 Mm mm-hmm Oh god. Um in five years Um I obviously want to have my business really established. I want to have grown on it, so the plan is that I'm gonna get myself going with the commissions and the watercolours and stuff. I'd like to bring out a line of textiles, um and candles and um uh ceramics um and um yeah just kind of build that up and have that really functioning um have a good studio space somewhere somewhere i can completely just um take over and um have inspiration and stuff plastered on the walls and just um yeah, not feel too so com- like confined, and I'd have to keep it tidy all the time. Um, I'd love to have a dog. I really, really want a dog, but I know it's unfair to have it in the city. So it depends where I live. Um, I also want to own my own um Airbnb. Oh I'd wow! Love to run an Airbnb just as a little um 
money thing on the side because that means I would own my own property, um, which is a kind of just a thing I want for my my independence and myself. Um, but it would bring the money in, but it also feeds my um, love for hosting and cleaning and keeping things looking pretty. So um, so I could put all this stuff in here in there. Um, and I would like to be married. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Lil asks, Lillian, Lucifer. Where else in the world would you want to live? Ooh, okay. Um, I feel like I haven't travelled enough to do this because when... I know you got that, that feeling when you went to Chicago. Um, and I got it when I went to Edinburgh. Mm. you just have it's something that clicks in your head or that feeling in like your gut and your heart you're like ooh this place is really speaking to me and it's tapping into something I didn't know was there and yeah you know you could live there yeah so I I could live in Edinburgh but I, I need I need to travel more and get that feeling more to make a a better judgment. Mm. Mm. Nice. Good answer. I think that was the most quick fire one. It was. Oh, done. <laughs> done. Um, you have two questions from someone who calls themselves Immy's twin. Who do you think that could be? Immy's twin? Yeah. Oh, Tim! Yeah! <laughs> oh my god, that took so long! <laughs> so we have a, a cousin, Tim. Hi, Tim! Hi, Tim. Um, who is basically Immy, but the male version. <laughs> um, Very good looking. <laughs> if you don't say so yourself. <laughs> um, he asks, what would you do and how would you spend your time if money were no object? What would I do? Yeah. I think I'm kind of trialling that out now. Mm. That's a very good answer. Um, I mean, money makes such a difference, but it would, like, it would open up so many doors and um, possibilities for me to take my business where I want it to. Where I want it to. Um, so... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a mix of what I just said. I want to host. I want to host things, and I want to have sort of. Um, I'd love to let out like little shepherds' huts and stuff like that, or um, uh, yeah, some sort of like canopy and stars type things. Mm-hmm. I'd love to um, do those. Um, I really love that your answer for that is so achievable that you're already doing it <laughs> like I love that the so the question usually oh if money was no object where would you be and what would you be doing it's kind of something 
that most people would answer with something that's very far-reaching and very totally different to what they're doing now. Mm. But you're doing that and you've taken that leap. Mm. That's really cool. Mm. That's, that's what I was so terrifying yeah it is is a leap um and i'm seeing where it goes like who knows i might have to get a little um part-time job um down the line just to boost it a little like my money a little bit more but um yeah if money wasn't an issue i would have a whole line of interior stuff so yeah like ceramics and textiles so cushions and curtains and wallpapers and uh placemats even even napkin rings <laughs> <laughs> so i can give a massive middle finger to john lewis imagine if like one day in the future john lewis have your napkin rings on sale no they'll ask me if they could supply if they could have my napkin rings in their shop and i'll be like no <gasps> yes that's so much better <laughs> um yeah no i i'd love um i'd be I can't be apart from my family. I wouldn't be able to live too further afield. So I'd I'd be in England somewhere mm. um, with my art business, um, with all my animals, and I'd have a massive walled garden. I'd love to grow all of my veg and stuff right outside my window. Mm. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Second question from Tim. Where would you go and what would you do if you were invisible for a day? Ooh, wow. Are we talking during pandemic times or not? (laughs) Not. Not. If I was invisible... I mean, any crowded place where I could just walk around naked... (laughs) <laughs> maybe <laughs> or being naked in public is a pretty sturdy answer okay let's go with that <laughs> uh, Catherine asks um, where do you get your inspiration for your art and are there any particular artists you like and follow? Ooh. It depends what art I'm doing. Because um, I can do something quite um, figurative. Like whether it's just like a... Uh, and I, like like my owl, I did. I it, it's like it's just a tawny owl, but the colors I got inspired by the colors. Um, whether whether I I saw a um, a color scheme of something or um, looked at a leaf and I could see like ten different colors in it, and I wanted to apply that color palette to that piece. Um, or just things like I've I've done a piece of um some rolling hills and if you look at if you're in the countryside and you can see farmed fields in the distance and depending on the um the mist or something that's on them and whether there's there's lines in in the fields and stuff it creates patterns and colors and mm. um that's why I've done hills with like pinks and blues and greens and things um 
So yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. I mean, it's such a cop out answer, but it's nature. It's like, not. It's not at all. Because I think what you've said is that you. It's it's nature, but it's looking at nature in a different way than how it appears to the kind of yeah. the um, the naked eye. Like when you look at something, it's it's seeing it. It's seeing it in a different way, and seeing its its lines or its you're picking up the the small colors that you see that aren't mm. the majority and kind of taking what you see but changing it mm. um in a way that still makes sense to you but kind of transforms it into something really different yeah yeah that's really cool and what um what artists do you like and follow i mean artists i mean that it can it depends whether I, they inspire me to kind of do similar stuff or just like their stuff like like I mentioned David Trigley earlier, like he's just his art's not even good. <laughs> like he draws like a child, but it's so funny and some of it is so clever. Um uh, Lara I love Lara's work, Lara Hawthorne, um um Lily's brother's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's great. I think she's very inspired by um, kind of folklore and um, a kind of fantasy world as well. She uses mm. beautiful colour palettes in her work as well. Um, um, Shan de Anthes, she's called Furly, Furry Little Peach. I found her on YouTube. She's quite cool. Um, and then there was there's also a lady called Harriet de Winton um who is a watercolor artist she does nice portraits of uh homes and animals and a lot of flora as well um yeah awesome lots to go and look at hmm um i have a couple of questions for you um following on from your art okay um i'd be interested to hear um what your favorite medium to to use in your artwork is okay so because it's primarily watercolor but then i put pen on top yeah um watercolor is such a cool um medium it really is i think a lot of people think it's this kind of old fusty um material that people associate with pictures that you see your grandma do which <laughs> grandma does and she's amazing i love her work um it you're right though it's got it's got a kind of a reputation for being quite fuddy duddy i guess yeah, old school mm. um you can make watercolors so vibrant and fun and the the paint is alive and that's why it, it as soon as you add water like the possibilities are endless i love how you can layer it i love it how it dries i love how um if you're doing leaves or petals or something you can let the organic flow of the pigment following the water it just has this beautiful movement to it and then you can just leave it and it will dry it in that in that way that you could never you could never produce that with a paintbrush. Mm. Um, it's 
I, I really like that answer because I, I know in your sort of artistic development, you started with um, inks mm. and then you also did, uh, did your final project in your foundation art mm. with ceramics. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you found your style in watercolour. Yeah. And I feel like you use water in quite a, watercolour in quite a unique way. Especially with the the pen on the top, it makes it almost um. It kind of transforms the watercolor into something mm. else. I feel like you've really found your comfort in yeah. watercolor, and this takes me on to my second question, which is: if you could only have one piece of medium to take on holiday, mm. what would you choose? I'm I'm torn between watercolor or pen because mm. <laughs> you can create lovely sketches and depth with a pen, or just like a, on a black and white side of things. But I, it's because I'm not used to using watercolor without the pen on top. I I I have that process in my brain where I I lay down the color, knowing that I'm gonna put the pen on top. Mm. So it it's not a finished piece to me until that's on top right. because. Um, there is a style of watercolour painting where people paint and they it, it looks perfect and they don't need to add anything else to it because they've painted it in that way. Mm. Um, yeah, probably still watercolour though. Still watercolour. Yeah. Like yeah, Beatrix like, Potter. Idol. <laughs> I, that's, I want to be her. <laughs> yeah you, you if you had be Beatrix Potter's great. life you'd be happy yeah yeah this is your final question okay and this is from Nio Nio Niall sparkles on the water sparkles on the water um and I think this is the question that everyone is dying for you to answer why are you so fit is that the question that is the question <laughs> Um, if you're talking fitness level, as in, uh... No, we're saying, why are you so hot? Oh, oh, I'm not. (laughs) Um, I don't know how to answer that. (laughs) I, thank you so much for asking it, but I... I don't know what it means and I don't know how to answer it because I don't know. <laughs> Can I answer it for you? Because that came from my mama. Oh, yeah. I mean, that helps. Having them jeans. Mm. Oh, having them legs. Having them legs. Um, but I think something that makes you beautiful is the fact that you feel this fear of being yourself in social situations, but you don't let it stop you being yourself. And when you are the most genuinely yourself that is when you're the most beautiful and I think people see that in you is when you're when you're not afraid to be silly or dance like a maniac or let out the weird a hundred percent that is when you are beautiful Mm. and that is what makes you fit that's nice Okay, so that is the end of the questions. And I'd like to end this podcast with asking you for a call to action. 
to leave our um, listeners with. So this can be a poem, um, something that you think that people could listen to, watch, read, um, anything you like. Okay. What would you like to tell us about? I would like to read a fairly short parable. So it's... um, a parable that I recently learned on this challenge that I've been doing over WhatsApp um, on my 21 day abundance challenge. Ooh. Um, which was full of um, meditation and um, bringing abundance into your life. Mm. Uh, the parable is called This Too Shall Pass. Uh, There was a king, and he once said to the court sages, I have a ring with one of the finest diamonds in the world, and I want to hide a message under the stone that can be useful in a situation of extreme despair. I want to give this ring to my heirs, and I want it to serve faithfully. So the message had to be short, and it had to um, serve meaning in every situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So... They made a deal that they would make the ring for the king and they put the message in there hidden and he could only look at it um, in, when he was in a situation that he needed to. Um, so after some time, the enemies attacked the country and the king lost the war. He fled on his horse and his enemies pursued him. He was alone. His enemies were many. He rode to the end of the road. There was a huge deep cliff before him. If he fell there, this would be the end. He could not go back. As the enemies were approaching, he already heard the clatter of the horse's hooves. He had no way out. He was in complete despair. And he remembered the ring. He opened it and found the inscription, This too shall pass. After reading the message, he felt that everything was quiet. Apparently the pursuers got lost and proceeded in the wrong direction. The horses were no longer heard. The king was filled with gratitude to the servant and the unknown mystic. The words were powerful. He closed the ring and set out on the road. He gathered his army and returned to his state. On the day when he returned to the palace, they arranged a magnificent meeting, a feast for the whole world. The people loved their king. The king was happy and proud. The old servant who had made the ring came up to him and said softly, even in this moment, look at the message again. The king said, I'm a winner right now. People are celebrating my return. I'm not in despair. I'm not in a hopeless situation. The servant said, listen to me. The message works not in only moments of everything is bad, but also in moments of victory. The king opened the ring and read, this too shall pass. He again, he felt silence fall over him, although he was in the midst of a noisy dancing crowd. His pride dissolved. He understood the message. He was now a wise man. Um, the, the story kind of rounds up. You can kind of take a lot of meaning from this, depending on how you look at it. But um, I kind of took it as um, life having a balance and being aware that things come and go in life. And that time is constantly changing and moving and flowing and to apply awareness to all of your experiences and um, emotions would would completely centre yourself and that um, to enjoy every moment and but also to remember the bad times will pass and nothing is permanent. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. No worries. 
So just remember this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Lovely. So thank you so much uh, to podcast guest Immy. Um, thank you so much for being so open and um, I know this can be quite a scary um, process of not knowing what's going to come up and sort of having to be prepared for everything and I think you did incredibly well and you've left us with a lot to think about so thank you. Um, I'd like to leave you with a short poem um, by I'm going to slaughter the name, Rupi Kaur. Oh, yeah. Um, of whose um, books you've um, uh, given me. Mm-hmm. Um, and her poem is, It isn't blood that makes you my sister. It's how you understand my heart as though you carry it in your body. Mm-hmm. A huge thank you to my partner, Jorge and the talented Jack Drury for creating the podcast music. And of course, a massive thank you to all of you for listening. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.